A quick warning. This episode will include descriptions and discussion of sexual violence and rape. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Will Johnson. The show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. When you saw this, did you know right away who the person behind the camera was? Right near the end, the camera fell and you could see his face. Are you aware that you've been accused of a rape? No, my God, what? They had video. They had her coming forward as a willing person to talk to. She wanted to see this followed through. She thought this was going to be an open and shut case, and it wasn't. Not even close. In 2015, after grabbing some boxes from a storage unit, a woman in Cherokee County, Georgia, came across a camera and a couple SD cards. So she, when she took those items home, she saw that and she thought, huh, I, don't, I have no idea what's on this. Let me, let me check it out. The woman figured the SD cards were probably hers, but that she'd just forgotten about them until she decided to see what was on them and found a video showing what she said she could only describe as something out of a horror movie. So there's this video, and this this man walks in, and you see him picking up her arm, and she kind of, arm just kind of falls down. She doesn't seem like she's conscious. Footage showing what appeared to be an unconscious woman, someone she didn't recognize, and a man she did. And the video shows him penetrating her. The video shows him violating her. And then, at one point, the camera falls. And when the camera falls, you get a very clear shot of this man's face. There is no mistaking who this person is. And when the woman we interviewed saw that, that's when she knew this was her ex. This was the man that she had dated, that she shared a child with. And at that point, she still had not seen the video of herself. I am Kristen Crowley. I am an investigative reporter for 11 Alive News and The Reveal. The Reveal is an investigative news magazine put out by local news station 11 Alive in Atlanta, Georgia. And it covers a wide variety of investigations and some long-form stories. So things that just require a little bit more in-depth reporting. But for the most part, it is an investigative news magazine. And some of the stories we've covered have, you know, anything from air tags tracking people to abuse at nursing homes and children, child abandonment. So just a variety of issues. If this sounds familiar, that's because we've covered some of the reveal stories on previous episodes of True Crime Chronicles. When Kristen Crowley started working with the reveal team in the spring of 2021, One of the first issues she wanted to dig into was the lack of arrests that seemed to happen in rape cases. When I was interviewing here, that was one of my pitches that I would like to look into the lack of prosecution and arrests for rape crimes. It just so happened that when I expressed that to my colleagues, one of my colleagues, Rebecca Lindstrom, said, you know what, right before the pandemic, this woman reached out to me saying that she had been raped that she knew who her rapist was, she had it on camera, and when she took it to Cherokee County authorities, they did nothing, and years have gone by. At that point, I believe it had been five years. 
So she said, if you need a subject matter, you know, she could be a really good person to talk to because she's lived it. And it's really hard to find, you know, people who have survived a rape or people who have reported a rape. It is such, there's such a stigma around it. So you want to find somebody because people can relate to that and understand the problem more when they see somebody going through it versus just a case number or, and, um, or you know, something you can't put a name or a face to. Kristen reached out to that woman who shared her story over the phone. So this woman had been in a relationship with a man and they had a child together. And she said the relationship was abusive, so she left. The problem is, is that when she left, his home had gone into foreclosure or he had, you know, the he had been evicted. One of those things where the home that they had shared for a while, he was no longer able to stay at and she had already left. So their things were put into a storage unit. And she went to collect her items from the storage unit. That's when she discovered those SD cards and that video in which a man she recognized as her ex appeared to be assaulting a woman while she was unconscious. Scanning her entire body and then proceeding to do things to her. Things so graphic, we can't show them on TV. He continued to violate her. When you saw this, did you know right away who the person behind the camera was? Right near the end, the camera fell and you could see his face. And I can only describe that as um, as it being a out-of-body experience. She didn't know the woman, but she did know the man. And after discovering that video, the woman found a second video. It was similar to the first and showed another unconscious woman. But this time, she recognized the woman in the footage. It was her. And she knew it was her for a variety of reasons, but the most damning one, she could see her C-section scar from her child to the birth of her child. And also in this second video was the same man from the first. She could tell, you know, this is a man she dated for a while. She could tell that it was him just looking at the hand. She said, it, w- it may sound silly, but... I knew that was him. And then you had the visual confirmation of him on camera with the other person. So it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that this was the person who did this to her. The woman says she has no memory of this happening and had no idea this video existed. She said she didn't remember this. She didn't consent to this. This was not something that she was ever aware of or the fact that she was being recorded. And she was adamant about that. And it didn't matter if this happened 10 years ago or 10 days ago. She knew this was not something that she consented to. And that's exactly what she told police in May of 2015, right after she made this discovery. She told the sheriff's office in Cherokee County, Georgia, that she was raped, that she had video evidence, and that she knew exactly who did it. She gave them everything she had, and she said to me, she thought it was an open and shut case. She thought that they had video, they had her coming forward as a willing person to talk to. She wanted to see this followed through, and that she thought again, she thought this was going to be an open and shut case, and it wasn't, not even close. You know, I thought it was going to be quick, especially with video evidence and seeing his face and knowing it's my body. After this woman, whose name we're not revealing, brought the SD cards to the police, she waited, assuming they would take quick action. In the beginning, it looked like she was taken seriously. It looked like the Cherokee Sheriff's Office was pursuing this. 
That being said, there's really no evidence they show that they were seriously looking into this because all we have is emails between the sheriff's office and the woman and them telling her, yep, we're going to get this person. We're going to get him. We're, I'm going to get a warrant. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all of these promises never came to fruition. I'm assuming they're doing all the background. They're looking through the SD cards. They're going to find him. They're going to question him. Years went by and the man on the tapes was not arrested. In fact, he wasn't even questioned. There wasn't really clear communication about why certain work was not being done. She would ask for answers. She would ask, have you done this? Have you done that? She wanted to get an order of protection out on the man, and she was advised not to by the sheriff's office because they told her, well, if you get an order of protection on him, you're going to have to show that you have the videos and that tips our hand. And we have more power with him not knowing that than we do if, if he does know. So they convinced her not to say that she had those videos. And that hurt her in court to be able to get uh, an extended order of protection against this man. And again, she she kind of believed them throughout the whole way that they were doing what was in best interest for her. But they weren't pursuing anything. They weren't making attempts to find him. In documents obtained by Eleven Alive through public records requests, the detective on the case, Claude Dobbs, first emailed about potentially talking to this woman's accused rapist in April of 2018, almost three years after she reported it. Then, five months after that first email, the detective seemingly gave up, writing in a September 2018 email, quote, without his providing some sort of admission as to being in the video and or acknowledging where the video was filmed, there's not much I can do on my end. I'm sorry there wasn't more I could do. And so after, after a few years, uh, the detective had told her, you know what, there's nothing more I can do on this. And then she pushed back and then he changed his mind, said, okay, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna get a warrant. We're, we're gonna get him. And then again, came back and said, you know what? I think he's fled the country. He, we put a bolo out for him on Facebook and I think he saw it. And so now he's, he's gone underground and we're probably never going to find him. And that's where the investigation stood when Kristen Crowley began reporting on it back in the spring of 2021. So the case was open and unresolved. And I've gone through six years of just waiting. And it was not being worked on. That was the other problem with this is that here we are six years later and it's open, but there is no work being done on this case. The man from the videos still had not been brought in for questioning. But as Kristen would discover, it wasn't because he was hard to track down. So I can't really speak to exactly what they did or what they tried, but the fact of the matter is they didn't try hard enough because we were able to find him within a matter of a couple days. All it took to get a hold of this man was a phone call. The way we found him was actually pretty interesting. I had obtained police reports from the Cherokee Sheriff's Office, and those police reports had numbers on them, phone numbers and addresses. And I did not have a phone number for the man, but I did have a phone number for his mother because his mother had filed a police report against him. And I called his mother and I told him, I'm looking to speak to your son. I work for the news. I want to talk to him about some things and especially about this bolo that was put out on him on Facebook. And she said, oh yeah, he's really upset about that. I'm sure he'll give you a call. And the next day he called me back and it was like seven o'clock in the morning and I popped out of bed and I grabbed my phone, uh, my other phone. I started recording our conversation 
And it it sounds silly, but it was that easy. It was making a phone call to his mother and he just called me back. So you've had people message you about it. So, texted Facebook and said nothing yet, and and I called Cherokee County, but there's nothing I can do about it. You've called Cherokee County? That's right. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing we can do about it. The phone call started with a conversation about that Facebook post from the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office, saying detectives wanted to question the man. Because what they said is they said that they were looking to talk to you. They were looking to ask you some questions. Do you know what they wanted to ask you questions about? No, this was in February, too. Right, yeah, this is a long time ago. So you you called them after you saw that on Facebook, and you said yeah. that they didn't want to talk to you. No, 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 they didn't want to talk to me. I don't have any warrants. Um, I did find out now, now my mom found out that I have a civil a civil suit against me for some, for some I don't know about yet. I got a call today. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. So I do know a little bit about why Cherokee said they wanted to talk to you. Now, they, they're not really giving me much information. This is just information I got through open records. And that, uh, are you aware that you've been accused of a rape? No, my God, what? I had to get my bearings about me because I was pretty shocked that he even called me back. But so it, it took me a minute to kind of formulate in my head how I was going to approach this in the sense of, all right, this guy has called me. I can't just hit him over the head with with something. I just want to kind of chat with him first. And so I I eased into the conversation and I had asked him, are you aware of this bolo that's out for you on Facebook? And he says, yeah. I said, are you aware that you are accused in a rape? And he acted shocked. He said, what? No, no. What are you talking about? And I said, okay, well, let me enlighten you. Here's what's going on. And so I proceeded to tell him about what, what, um, what he was accused of, the evidence that there was against him. And then I, I asked him about the videos and I said, you know, tell me about the videos you took. Well, cause so obviously you're denying you've ever raped anybody. Yes. So I also have to say too, we there are some videos that yeah, the Cherokee shares. Yes, my ex girlfriend stole my video cards. Um, and I know which one she's talking about because she uh, consented to it, and actually we were together the next night too. Okay, so you're saying she because in in the Cherokee, yes. the, it, so it's not just one video. There are multiple videos. There's another woman there too. Do you know the other woman I'm talking about? No. There's another woman, um, and I, I don't know her name. I don't know who she is, um, but the detective says it appears as if she is unconscious and that it okay. look it looks like it could be sexual assault because... Okay, here's the thing. Uh, that, and that, yeah, we were together the next night, too. She knew about it. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying she wasn't unconscious? I mean, she, she might have been not unconscious, but she was awake, awake. I mean, because after the, the whole thing was done, I mean, she, she was right there and we, we, we did it again. You so know, we, we didn't do it. I didn't do it, but she, we had, oh my God. And he was very open about talking about these videos. He never denied it. He never denied the videos. He never denied the fact that he had done at least two of them. 
The only thing he denied was that the women were unconscious. He was telling me, nope, they were in on it. So, but if, so she might've been unconscious when you had sex with her. Yeah, no, 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 no. We were, we were, we talked about it and it was a fantasy thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Well, now that you know this, are you going to go to Cherokee and talk to them about this? Hell no. They're just going to put me in fucking jail. Well, and I know they were just looking to talk to you, to question you about it, so it wasn't a warrant. No. But then it'll, it'll turn into something. You know, Cherokee County, if they want you, they just get you. you know I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so if... And I just want to clarify things too. So you're saying she might have been unconscious when you had sex with her, but you believe she consented. Oh, 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 oh no, we, yeah, and she was with me the next night too. Okay, but that night, the one night, you know, you know, very well, wide awake, you know. Right, but if she was unconscious, she wasn't unconscious. I mean, she woke up. I mean, come, I mean, it was, oh my god. Because I'm not sure if you know what Georgia's law is on rape, but essentially is if a person is cannot consent, so if they're drunk or they're unconscious, that is technically rape. Oh, my fucking God. And in both the videos that the Cherokee Sheriff's Office saw, they said that it appears, and we have somebody telling us, too, they don't remember anything about this, about this happening, and that if they don't remember, then they couldn't consent. So... The question is, were these consensual acts? Yes, they were consensual acts. Okay, so they both these people told you. I, I, this is all from Cherokee Sheriff's Office. I can't tell you anybody's names or anything like that. I don't know the the people involved. Yeah, she stole my fucking SD cards, right? And she sold them to her drug dealer. She sold them to her drug dealer. Oh, yeah. I had to go and get them back. Okay, so you have the SD cards. No, I mean, of course, I copies of them, but... Okay, but you have copies of them now? No, I don't. Okay. So why did you make, I mean, I, why did you make those videos? Uh, because that's what we were doing. Be, you know, we were all fucked up on drugs, and, you know, that's what... Yeah, hey, we'll make a video, okay? No problem. All right. So they said they wanted to make the video. Yes. It was a fantasy. And what was the fantasy? Um, they passed out that she wakes up. You know, we keep, you know, you know. So the fantasy is that she's passed out and then wakes up. She's asleep, you know. And it was like, you know, part mind you. And, you know, then, you know, we start, you know, I start, you know, touching and whatever. And then uh, she wakes up and then that's what happened. Okay. So in the videos, though, we don't see anybody wake up. What? Do they ever wake up in the videos? Yeah. They do. Do you? I mean, no. No, we stop. We stop shooting. Or I stop shooting. So when they wake up is when you turn off the camera. Holy shit! This is just fucking great. I'm not a fucking rapist. Oh my god. And the other thing that got me, the one woman, because I was I was trying so hard to find this other woman. I only had a first name for her, and we didn't think it was a real name. We thought it was um, an alias, and. I asked him about that woman and I said, you know, if if you want to clear your name here and you're saying these women were conscious, tell me how I can find this woman so that, you know, she can speak on your behalf. 
And he said, oh, no, she's dead. So, again, that other woman, you don't know the other woman's name? Yeah, I do. So, can you tell me her name? Because then we could also help verify then. If if she says this is role-playing, you know, she could kind of corroborate your story. So, if you give me her name or contact information, I can try and do that. I don't know what she's adding more name. That was it. I think she passed away. You think she's dead? I think so. So, whether I believe she's dead or not, I... Mm. I, I have my reservations that that is true. I think that after talking with him, it more or less seemed like we caught him red-handed. He knew he was busted. And he was, the only thing that he had going for him is my word against this one other person's word. If he had more words coming against him, he probably knew he was in a lot more trouble. So I don't believe that woman is dead. I do believe she's out there somewhere. I just don't know where. So this comes as a complete shock to you. Yes, it does. Both shot. I thought it was all about a partner ticket and You're maintaining that you've you've never raped anybody. I did not rape anybody. Okay. Never had sex with anybody without consent. Yes. Earlier in the call. The man had revealed one other surprising detail. Okay, well, I got pulled over by Cherokee County twice yesterday. You're kidding, well, really? No, yes, I got pulled over on Gulf Ferry twice yesterday because I don't have a tag on my truck, I have insurance, I don't have a tag yet, and nothing. Despite emails from the detective on this case saying the man was gone and was unlikely to stick his head up anytime soon, he was right under their noses, not only still living in the county, but he'd just been pulled over by police. So this is a guy that Cherokee Sheriff's Office had said he's gone underground, he might have left the state, and their deputies pulled him over for a traffic violation and let him go. Next week on True Crime Chronicles, part two of this story. When you are incapacitated, that is a crime. When you can't consent, that is a crime. She had her attorney reach out to the district attorney and say, what is going on with this? Why is nothing happening? He's done this to one person. And again, allegedly done this to one person. He could allegedly do this to someone else. Uh, He moved it like a predator moves. He doesn't move like, he wasn't moving like a person's first time. They've got the freaking video. Like what else more do you need? She told me, I don't know what justice looks like anymore. Fortune Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redman. Reed, let me start off by asking you, where is Cherokee County, where this case is uh, centered? Yeah, so I'm not super familiar with Georgia, but uh, it is in the Atlanta metro area, a little ways north of the city of Atlanta itself. So it kind of goes Atlanta, then north-northwest of there is the city of Marietta, and then north of that is where Cherokee County begins. Uh, The county seat is Canton, which is uh, about 40 miles north of Atlanta. All right, and I know we'll be hearing uh, the second part of this story next week. I mean, it is just such an unbelievable case to listen to this and to hear that conversation that Kristen has. Let me ask you one of the most frustrating things about the case is just how slowly the investigation has moved, at least on the law enforcement side. I mean, by the time Kristen Crowley started her investigation just last year, it had already been six years, right? Yeah. And something that we're going to hear more about from Kristen next week is 
that rape cases can be really difficult to prosecute. But at this point, we're not even talking about prosecution. We're talking about just getting probable cause to make an arrest. And this woman, as we laid out, came to police with a lot of evidence, with more evidence than most rape victims do. She had video of what happened. And as far as Kristen was able to find in her investigation, there just wasn't a whole lot that investigators were doing to actually track this man down. That first email where Detective Claude Dobbs said he was going to try contacting the man didn't come until 2018, three years after she brought that video to them. And then, again, as as we said, five months later, he said there wasn't anything else he could do. And you know what he tried in those five months, why he didn't think there was anything else he could do, I, I don't really know. But the the reality is that this woman's case going unsolved for those six plus years meant that her rapist was living freely. And when she asked Eleven Alive to hide her identity, she said it wasn't because she'd been raped. It was because this man was out there and she didn't feel safe. And again, the phone call that we hear between this woman's accused rapist and Kristen is just, it's unreal. And it's a little difficult to follow at times. You can hear a lot of it, but it's a little difficult to know exactly which parts of the allegations he's denying, but he does make some really important admissions along the way. Right. He does deny raping these two women, but you hear Kristen press that a little bit and say, well, you know, this is the law. There's video where it sure looks like these women are not conscious. That's where his answers get a little hard to follow. That's why we included so much of that conversation. There are times where it seems like he's saying they were unconscious, but then they woke up. There are other parts where it seems more like he's saying they were pretending to be unconscious. And again, we've only heard from one of these women, but she's always been crystal, crystal clear in saying she was not conscious. She did not consent to this. This was not some fantasy that they were both willing participants in. But as you mentioned, there are other details that this man was a little bit clear on, and maybe he didn't realize the significance of what he was admitting to, but maybe the two biggest things there are that he says it's him on those videos, and he says that they were taken in the county. And one of the reasons that the sheriff's office had given prior to this for not being able to get a warrant for his arrest was that they didn't have proof that it was him, and they didn't have proof the videos were from their jurisdiction. So these two admissions in particular from the phone call are actually going to be a really important part of the law enforcement investigation in part two of this story. All right. And we'll hear that next week right here on True Crime Chronicles. Again, thanks to Kristen Crowley at 11 Alive WXIA in Atlanta, Georgia. And if you haven't already, check out our daily podcast, The Daily Crime. You can get new episodes Monday through Friday, every weekday. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redmond.